The following sermon is brought to you by ThePreachersVault.com, bringing old-time preaching to a new generation. Well, thank you, sir. It is wonderful to get to be back here in Dalton and at Highland. A couple of years ago, I think Brother Elkins and I were privileged to be here. Of course, when we were in Lafayette, Georgia, uh, about 35, 36 years ago, and it and I got to be over uh, several times. In fact, uh, you had a youth program long about that time. And uh, it was great to get to be with you, a bunch of young people here. But it's great to, to come back to Georgia. You know, this is the uh, place of our son Dan's nativity. Uh, he was born at, at Tri-County Hospital in Fort Oglethorpe when we were in Lafayette. And I'll tell you what, uh, we lived here three months after he was born, and then we, Brother Turner called and asked me to go to Alabama Christian College back in 1970. <clears throat> but uh, he is a dyed-in-the-wool-Georgia fan, hunkered-down-dogs fan. And, uh, <clears throat> of course, uh, I grew up... Uh, only thing I knew was the uh, University of Alabama. And, uh, of course, Annette and I went to the University of Alabama, among other places. <clears throat> but uh, sometime I asked her, how in the world did we mess up with that boy? But uh, I am sure that in Georgia, uh, you folk don't mind that at all. But uh, anyway, it's good to be back in this country. It's like coming home. We enjoyed our work in Lafayette very much. And uh, Cloudland Canyon, and Lookout Mountain, and Chattanooga, and all the beauties that you have up here. If you could just uh, send just one mountain over to Memphis, we would appreciate it. <laughs> but it's good to be here. I'll say more this afternoon, but I, I believe that this congregation is doing perhaps the greatest work in the world as far as you're reaching out, carrying the gospel to the lost. I appreciate the elders in this congregation. appreciate Brother Dearman and all who are connected with the program. I want to talk this morning about uh, Paul's passion for souls, and I'd like to read Romans chapter 1, verses 13 through 15. I'm reading from the American Standard. Paul said, and I would not have you ignorant, brethren. And you notice that this term, is used a number of times by the Apostle Paul, like in 1 Thessalonians 4.13, I would not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning them that fall asleep, that you saw not even as others who have no hope. 
But he said, here he said, I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purposed to come unto you, but was hindered hitherto, that I might have some fruit in you also, even as among the rest of the Gentiles. I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, to the wise and to the foolish. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you also that are in Rome. Preaching the gospel is our work. That is our responsibility. If we're going to bear fruit unto God, and that's our purpose, Romans 7, 4, then we must reach people with the gospel. We must teach them the gospel. I'm glad that the Lord did not command, go ye into all the world and convert every creature. That wouldn't be possible. But I'll tell you what, he gave us a commission that's possible. And that is to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. It's our responsibility to do that. It's their responsibility to obey. Now, it is interesting that God has always determined that everyone have an opportunity to be saved. In Hebrews 2.9, we find that Christ tasted death for every man. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, Romans 5.8. And so that has been the dream, as Brother Dearman has often put it, of the Lord from before the foundation of the world. In Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1, through verse 3, God made some promises to Abraham. One of those vital promises was, and I'm so grateful, that through his seed all the nations of earth are going to be blessed. I'm not a descendant of Abraham. Physically, but thank the Lord I am spiritually. It's God's intention that every person hear the gospel. That was prophesied in the Old Testament. In Isaiah 2, 2 and 3, Isaiah said, In the last days the mountain of the Lord's house should be established on top of the mountains and exalted above the hills, and all nations should flow into it. Not just Jews. They will go and say, come, let's go up to the house of the Lord. To the house of the God of Jacob, we may walk in his ways to pass. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. In Isaiah 65 and 66, the Lord talked about through Isaiah a time when the gospel would go not only to the Jews, but also the Gentiles. And he said all of the Ionian states, the Grecian Isles, would hear the gospel. 
And ye shall bring your brethren, the Gentiles, in to the kingdom. And they'll come and they'll offer their gift, their worship, their oblation in a clean vessel. And that clean vessel is purified heart. But notice that prophecy. In Daniel chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, Daniel says that those who would win souls shall shine forever as the stars in the firmament. You know, we remember the last words of a person. My dad passed away two and a half years ago. And I remember his last words. And uh, I remember his look of endearment to me. And it's very sad to watch him die. But I remember those words. Before our Lord went to heaven, there's some very important words that he gave. Those words were, there, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even the end of the world. Matthew 28, 19 20. Mark's account is, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be condemned. Matthew said, go and teach. Mark said, his account says, go and preach. Teaching and preaching is the same. I may not be able to preach, but I'll tell you I can teach. And I can teach my neighbor. And I can be a part of teaching others. And I can be a part of carrying the gospel to the whole world through encouraging such great works as the Gospel Broadcasting Network. Thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Luke 24, 46 and 47. Christ's command to those apostles is our command. Take the gospel to those who so desperately need it. And we can do that, brethren. But you and I have a responsibility to do that. There are many examples of the early church carrying the gospel to the lost. I'll tell you a powerful example is the Apostle Paul. And I won't talk about that for a few moments this morning. 
Some people say we're not to follow the example of the early church and we're not to follow the example of the Apostle Paul and that's utter foolishness. The Apostle Paul to the Thessalonians commended them for following his example. And he also said, I don't have to tell people about you. People all over the world know of you and your love for the truth. You were examples to those in Macedonia and Achaia. Notice that here Macedonia and Achaia, Achaia were obedient to the gospel of Christ and encouraged because the example they saw in Thessalonica who followed the example of Paul, who followed the example of Christ. Be followers of me as I also am of Christ. 1 Corinthians 11, 1. And so this morning I want to talk about the Apostle Paul and his love for souls. Here in Romans chapter 1 and verse 14, Paul said, I am debtor. I'm debtor to the Greeks and the barbarians. I'm debtor to the wise and the foolish. The Apostle Paul was in debt to everybody in the world. I want you to, I want you to notice a question with me. I want to ask you a question. What did the, uh, these people ever done or uh, that Paul ever done to these folks to put them in his debt or make him a debtor to them. What had they done to it? I tell you what, a lot of them had beat him to a pulp nearly. A lot of them had grossly mistreated him. A lot of them had stoned him and beaten him and and ridiculed and mocked him. And yet he said, I'm debtor. I know why Annette and I are in debt for this car out here. There was a bank that thought enough of us to loan us the money to buy that automobile. That's why we're in debt to them. We, We owe that bank. The Apostle Paul said, I'm debtor to everybody in the world. And the question comes, what had they done for him? And the answer is nothing. Now pray tell me why Paul was in debt to them. Because of what God had done for him. Because of what Christ had done for him. For God so loved the world, that included the Apostle Paul, and that includes Curtis Gates, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Paul was in debt to others because of what God had done for him. While we was yet a sinner, Christ died for And the Apostle Paul was one of the notorious murderers, even of Christians. They were read about in the Bible. 
and yet Christ died for him. And he felt that he was chief among sinners, and yet God had mercy. And you know what? I have grievously sinned against the Lord. All sins are against God. And yet God's been merciful to me. If God has been merciful to us, we're in debt. Paul was in debt. He was in debt to the whole world. But in the second place, I want you to notice that Paul believed in paying his debts. In Romans chapter 13 and verse 8, the apostle Paul said, Oh, no man anything save to love one another. I have heard it said many times, and I just learn it more and more and more. If a person is not basically honest, as been said maybe by Abraham Lincoln or somebody back there, he has very little that this world needs or wants. And that's true. Paul was honest. Even when he was persecuting Christians, he wasn't violating his conscience. He said, I thought I ought to do all things contrary to Jesus of Nazareth. He was honest. When he learned the truth, he realized that he was in debt. And he believed in paying those debts. And it and I are blessed to be able to, to pay the payments on this all And numerous times when we've gone to the post office to drop the payments, they will for our car, house, and so forth in the mail. She said, I'm thankful to the Lord that we can pay these debts. Someone has said that we ought to be as desirous and happy to pay our debts as we are to borrow. That's honesty. And so the Apostle Paul did everything within his power to pay his debt. And that should be our responsibility. And is. And our desire is to pay our debts. Now in the third place, <coughs> Paying Paul's debts did not take away the real joy from the Apostle Paul. I tell you what, when we, uh, when we pay our debts, it flattens our billfold. Does it flatten yours? When we pay our house payment, we don't have as much as we do. Oh, we have uh, four grandchildren. Now, don't get me off on my grandchildren. You don't have that much time. 
I remember one fellow was walking down the street, sidewalk with another fellow, and he said, hey, did I tell you about my grandchildren? He said, no, and I sure do appreciate it. <laughs> well, you know, he didn't have grandchildren. Know that. But anyway, we like to do things for our grandchildren. Christmas just taking place, you know. We gave gifts to those grandchildren. We'd love to be able to do more. But you know, these payments that we make flatten our bill for. The Apostle Paul was in debt. He believed in paying his debts. He did pay his debts. But it's interesting that it did not take away from the life of the Apostle Paul and his enjoyment. It was his enjoyment. How many times did the Apostle Paul say, you are our joy. You're my joy. And I can appreciate that more now than I ever have. I have a tendency to think back to the places where Annette and I have been privileged to preach. And I think about those whom we've had the privilege to enjoy seeing obey the gospel and to teach I remember a couple that we converted that were members of the church that's headquartered here in Dalton, Church of God of Union Assembly. And the chief bishop head overseer of the church then was Jesse Pratt. I tell you, they've been our joy. I was privileged to perform this wedding ceremony of, of two of their children, their girls. And uh, <clears throat> they called me to preach the funeral of their son when he was very untimely, unfortunately, un regrettably killed in an automobile accident. Didn't get to do it because I was on a gospel meeting. But you think back about people like that. And you think of those whom you've had the privilege to influence. And I'll tell you, when you have seen your grandchildren or your children Obey the gospel of Christ. Nothing like it in the world. Going on 25 years ago, remember the privilege of baptizing our boys. One Lord's Day, Father's Day. In fact, both of them, one obeyed the gospel, and then the other one wanted to, and another young lady in the congregation. You've had that joy. There's nothing like it in this world. Brethren talking to others 
and putting a good word in for the Lord does not take away. It brings happiness beyond all description. Paul said to people whom he wrote, you're our joy. He was debtor. But in addition to that, I want to ask you another question. When would the Apostle Paul get his debt paid off? When my uncle was preaching in Chattanooga, when I was just a lad, Dad, we were living in Foley, and Dad was preaching there, and Dad preached in a gospel meeting in Sneed, Alabama, up on Sand, uh, Sand Mountain. Sneed's Cross. He stayed with Brother Brooks. Meanwhile, we came up through Birmingham, picked up uh, one of my wife's, uh, my mother's uh, sisters, and then drove, carried him to Sneed's Crossroads where he met Brother Brooks for the gospel meeting he was preaching in, and then we went on up to Chattanooga to visit my other aunt. We headed back down last night of the meeting that afternoon, and we were hunting for the building. There was an older gentleman walking down the street, and so mother stopped the car and said, uh, could you tell us where the Antioch church building is? And he said, yes. He said, uh, in fact, I'm a member there. He said, now I used to go, but I'm older now and I don't, I don't go anymore. I've kind of outgrown that. But... Uh, Thank the Lord you young folk are going to church. And the topic of conversation where when we left him was, wonder why he's not going. Has he outgrown his need for the Lord? And it and I've dreamed of getting all our debts paid financially. Wouldn't that be something? I could wish that nobody in this audience owed anything. Wouldn't that be wonderful? How much could you do for the cause of Christ? But putting uh, 60 or 70,000 miles on an automobile every year as a preacher, you don't ever get a, an automobile paid off. And so when would Paul be able to pay his debt? Get, get his debts all paid. His responsibility to other folks. 
It's interesting that John said in First John, John 1, if we, John was what, in his 90s? If we say that we have not sinned, we lie and truth not in us. I mean, we make God lie. When would John get his debts paid? Never. Because he would always, as long as he lived, be dependent upon the grace of God. When would Paul get his debts paid? Never. As long as he lived. Because as long as he lived, he, he would depend upon the grace of God. I tell you what, there never becomes a time when I have outgrown my responsibility to speak to other people about my Lord. I can do that over the fence and I can send a card and I can get on the telephone and call. I don't have to get up into the pulpit. Thanks be to God that there are a lot of men with a lot more talent than I have who can get up and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Brother Bland goes all over the world. He's been to Russia 18 times, halfway around the world. I don't know how many times. He and I got to go to the Far East several months ago. Not everybody can do that, but I'll tell you what, we can talk to our neighbors. We can talk to our children. We can talk to our husbands and wives. We can talk to those people whom we work with. We can ask them to tune in and see great gospel broadcasts. When are you going to get your get paid, Paul? He never would as long as he lived. You know, it was a joy to the Apostle Paul to do that. It was a joy. But then the Apostle Paul also said, I am ready. As much as in me is, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. I want to ask you another question. What would they think about him in Rome? Well, I'll tell you what. The Judaizers called him a fool. But not only that, but the Gentiles did. The Gentiles in the Grecian world would call him a fool. The preaching of the gospel is foolishness. You ever had a door slammed in your face? Remember when uh, we preached in Warrior, Alabama, Brother Bobby Duncan called me and said, uh, Curtis, could you use some extra money? Well, what a question to ask a preacher. He said, come over here, man. So I drove over to Adam Fullen from Warrior. He said, man, you need to get into this. Fire extinguisher. And uh, he was into fire extinguishers. 
fact, he was one of the leading distributors and uh, so forth. So I, you know, I, he and I were very close. I didn't know anything about setting fire extinguishers. <laughs> but I, I took a box back home, and, and I said, well, I'll try. I went over five miles away I, I, to uh, try selling fire extinguishers. Now, I don't have any problem with fire extinguishers. I think it's a great thing if you can do that. I, I just, you know, uh, I, I just wasn't my ability, I guess. Meanwhile, I went up to this door, and I knocked on the door. A lady came to the door, and I said, do you have something to put out fires? When they flame up in your kitchen, slam like that. <laughs> Went to the next house, same reaction. I'm kind of like Brother Billy Bland. Looking forward to hearing him this morning. Brother Billy said that somebody slammed the door in his face one time so hard. He said if it hadn't been for my nose, that door would hit me right in the face. I took it back, uh, I, I didn't sell it one, and uh, I, just, I just said, Brother Bobby, I don't, I don't think I can do that, but more power to you, man. <laughs> I bought a couple for us. Never one time in 38 years of attempting to preach the gospel. Has anybody said, well, I'm going to hit you right in the nose? Never one time have I been beat up. The Apostle Paul, virtually everywhere he would go, he would have enemies. He'd get beat up, run out of town on a rail, and so forth. He might have been killed in Lystra. I don't know. He didn't know. When he was stoned and left for dead. But I tell you this. That didn't deter him. And you know what he said to these Romans? Most of whom would count him fool, a fool? I'm ready. I've, I know what the truth is and I'm willing to put my life on the line to teach others. And sometimes I look at myself in the face and I say, Kate, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? And so, we pray to God. God, give me the strength and the courage to go tell my neighbor what the truth is. But Brother Cates, I, you know, I, I, I just don't. About three or four years ago, I got tired of having to open my billfold 
and take out my Social Security card. I just got it in 1958. And you know what I determined to do? I determined to memorize my Social Security number. And now I can tell you what it is like that. And I've often wondered, how hard is it to remember where the conversion of the Pentecostians is? Act 2. The Samaritans, Acts 8. The Ethiopian nobleman, Acts 8. Cornelius and his household, Acts 10. Lydia and her household, Acts 16. The jailer, Acts 16. Saul of Tarsus, Acts 9, 22 and 26. Folks, the Apostle Paul said, I am ready. He had a passion for souls. And that's what this week is about, isn't it? Thank you. I'm honored to be here. Appreciate it.